Welcome back to another episode of the Heart Square podcast. In this episode today, we were joined by two members of the Heart Square team, Azuma and Jason, who joined us on this episode to talk through the topic of project risks. Yeah, thanks, Ed. I think this would be uh, interesting, actually. The guys have both got a lot of experience of running different projects, um, and risk is one of those things that sometimes we shy away from, and our clients in particular like to shy away from. So hearing what the, about their experience of um, actually what are we talking about when we talk about risks, uh, and then you know getting some examples and getting into some of the detail about it would be, yeah, be interesting. So it should be good. Yeah, should be really good. So uh, that's enough from us. So without further ado, we'll just get straight into the episode. Hi and welcome back to another episode of the Heart Square podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking through the topic of risks and project risks specifically. Um, and to do that, we are joined by two members of the Heart Square team, Jason and Azuma. Um, so it'd be great if I could start off with you both, if you could just share a bit um, about yourselves and then your role here at Heart Square. If I could start with Azuma, please. Sure. So my name is Azuma. I'm one of the business change consultants at HeartSquare and worked on a number of projects, including requirements gathering, done some UAT bits and pieces. So, yeah, really happy to be here today and talk about some of the risks that I've noted as a business change consultant, but also from kind of places in my previous career as well. Great. Thanks, Azuma. And Jason? Yeah. Hi, Ali. My name is Jason. Um, I'm also one of the business change consultants at HeartSquare. Um, I'm currently working on quite a big implementation project um, in the trade union space. Um, so uh, risk is something we talk about sort of on a daily basis in that project. Um, and, you know, like Azuma, I've been working on other projects around requirements gathering and um, partner selections where they tend to be a bit more predictable and maybe less, less, less talk about risk. Um, so, yeah, really excited to be here. Thanks, Jason. And uh, yeah, welcome both. Thank you for uh, making the time to join us this afternoon. Um, I guess <clears throat> as, a, as a kind of starting point, you know, we, the four of us are very familiar with, with what we're talking about, but I think we can sometimes assume that it's a very clear topic. Um, so could we start with actually getting your take on when we talk about risk and we talk about project risks, what is it, what do we actually mean? What are we actually talking about when we, when we, yeah, when we start talking about project risks? Um, I don't know, Zuma, did you want to take that on the first? Yeah, sure. I think in the most simplest form I can give it, it is looking at potential downfalls that could happen on a project. And that kind of idea of like talking about risk and managing risk is about that ability to look at ways that we can minimise that. Um, and I think making it simple, hopefully it's going to help our listeners think about it in the most simplest terms as we talk about and give all these examples of some of our experiences, but potentially some of our advice as well will help people realise it's not this big, scary monster in the corner of a room that everyone avoids. So yeah. Jason, have you got anything different that you think or to add to that? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I guess it's it's uh, having the conversation about risk is is a way for us to start thinking about what could go wrong um, and um, uh, la labelling that, putting a pin in it so we can come back to it. Um, and and I suppose then beginning that conversation about what 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 do we need to put in place to stop that thing happening or or if it does happen, how are we going to be prepared for that and kind of minimise the impact of that risk? Um, but I guess like a lot of things we do, it's about having those that process to to create the thinking around um, around those things. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And I think as you were talking, the thing that came to me was fire drills. I think that's everything that yeah. everyone experiences, whether in school or um, in your old age. And actually, we practice the fire drills. We have the alarm go off so we know what to do in case of an emergency. And that's not because we're always anticipating a fire. So I think thinking about it from that perspective helps people really plan and understand why um, if you're going through the process of a project, your project manager and people involved should be more open to talking about risk. Yes. Yeah. Fire drills is really is, is a really good one, isn't it? And I guess yeah. like for me, that's that's then the think about the contingency. So so the, the fire has happened. Um, we need to be prepared to find the nearest emergency exit or to fight the fire or whatever it is that we've kind of talked about in advance. Um, and I think, yeah, like you say, being able to think about that and have those conversations with the key people that might be involved in in that scenario kind of ahead of time is really useful um and i suppose you mentioning fire drills that made me think about the the other step around mitigations so there's a risk of fire well what do we do to make sure that that that's minimized um uh you know uh yeah i suppose not not leaving candles lying around in the office. I can't think of a good example, but um <laughs> have the fire extinguisher, all the exits, yeah. <laughs> yeah, things like that. So and again, that's those are really interesting conversations as well, aren't they? Because it's it's um how do we how do we look into the future and, and do something now about that risk? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, that is the point, isn't it? So underneath what you guys are saying, and, and thank you for that. That's a good, really good starting point. I think underneath what you're saying is it's about planning for what might happen. It's not about, you know, a risk isn't something that has happened or is going to happen or is going to happen. It's something that might. And therefore, when you guys are involved in projects, you bring the experience of where you've seen incidents, issues arise in projects previously, yeah, and you're looking to prevent those or have a strategy for handling those things when they do if they do arise in this particular um, project, maybe. And I love that. I do love the fire drill example, by the way. I think it's it's, <laughs> it's spot on. Um, but I have to I have to push you for something. Hopefully, we haven't had too many fire drills during our actual projects. So could you bring it across to something like to give us some examples of 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 what you can, the kind of project risk you deal with, you know, through the through the projects you uh, you lead and you manage for us. It can be different stages of projects, you know, generic versus specific, whatever it might be. But plan to put um, some kind of flesh on the bones there in our context. Yeah, should I, should I grab that? I've got, I've got a kind of a, an example that springs to mind um, quite vividly. Um, and it, I suppose in the project I'm working on at the moment, we're, we're, we're preparing for a period of parallel running for an old system and a new system. Um, and to facilitate that, there's a, a, a live data exchange between those two systems to keep them in sync. Um, so that's something that's been developed, it's been tested, um, and as far as we can test it. So the conversation that we've had then is, well, what what's the risks around this? Um, and and I suppose the the you can think about well, we thought about that in several dimensions. Um, firstly, it's kind of how likely is it that we're going to have a problem? But it's kind of difficult to talk about that until you've really sort of got to the bottom of I feel nervous about the fact that this data sync thing could not work. But what am I actually really worried about? And it took us a long time to get to that a level of clarity about what we're, what we're worried about. And I suppose where we came to was 
fundamentally the risk is that the systems will get far enough out of sync that we'll have to stop the parallel run um and it, it took a while for us to to resolve down to that being the thing that was made us nervous but once we could do that we were able to then go right well what would it take for us to to be so far at sync that we would had to stop and we could start building some criteria around that um and then have a conversation about okay if we did have to stop what would we do what what would be the the comms what would be the process by which we would do that and and we would recover from that and then we were able to then kind of step back from that again and go right okay with all that understood what what can we do now in advance of that to make us feel either that that it's less likely that that thing will happen that the probability of of a problem cropping up will be less more testing more development uh, more diagnostics for instance um and what's the thing we could do to to manage the impact um and reduce the impact of that um you know for instance uh understanding the times when or the, the certain processes are most likely to to cause a, a, a lack of synchronization or, or too much data going from one side to the other so taking some action to make sure we don't do all of those all at once things like that um but for me um possibly a very circuitous answer to your question rob but for, for me it's around what took us time was resolving down from a kind of gut felt anxiety about something not working to a risk that was almost like a problem statement that we could kind of get our hands around and and do something about um and and that's not that wasn't an overnight thing that took a you know a, a fair amount of backwards and forwards conversation but it's kind of allowed us then to move forwards with a bit more confidence because because we understand it and it's pinned up on our on our risk register and, and we look at it and, and think about it um so it's it's yeah it, it's ultimately process of of building confidence rather than um paranoia and, and angst um I, I mean i don't know about you using review had similar um experiences on your project i think the thing that i've had probably on my projects and I've, i think it's a double-edged coin the example i'm going to give because i've got it from being obviously a project manager working on projects but i've also got it being a member of staff at organizations that were going through technology change and it's really about that kind of wider change management piece and where this CRM sets within the organization. And I think that is usually the risk that doesn't frequently often appear on a risk register. It isn't always talked about in depth. It tends to be a conversational point that quickly gets moved on to, I guess, uh, more technical things that we can kind of pin down as like quite um, obvious risks. But for me, that's been the biggest risk in terms of you can get a new piece of technology, but have you thought about how the people in the organisation are actually going to embrace it and make it part of their everyday work? So it doesn't become this thing that you've invested in. And actually the systems around the way that people work hasn't changed enough to get the full benefit from. Um, and like I said, I've been on the other side of the coin where the technology change was just kind of, for lack of a better word, thrown on staff in the way that it was communicated. There wasn't this whole piece about how it was going to support us to work differently and um, maybe kind of streamline the way in which we worked. Um, but I've also been on that side where the organisation is aware, but they haven't necessarily addressed it in a way that would really see them get that full value out of the system. So, yeah, I don't know if you've experienced anything similar, Jason. Yeah, you, you sort of saying that made me smile. I think um, it's so easy to not think about those types of things, isn't it? And it's I was thinking about that um, 
the, the kind of unknown unknowns thing the, the things we don't know we don't know um and and those those tend to be the risks that we've yet to identify and and, and establish um and i think it's so easy not to shine the light on okay well actually other people in the organization that's going to receive this do they even know it's coming do they are they bought in and um you know we've done all the hard technical work and thought about all the project related risks and it would be easy not to think about that change management um uh yes yeah and, and i think um i think i've lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> I, I can pick that up <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, know, I know you too well um no i think it's it is important because it's because what you're highlighting there actually is that you've got a whole range of different types of risks which are situations that we need to consider and you have things that are strategic and things that are operational so jason your example there is talking about something operationally to be able to technically go live one of the steps is going through this parallel running yeah and there's a technical risk in there somewhere that you're not quite sure about but you assess the impact etc take that forward azuma you're looking at something that's actually far more strategic which isn't about being able to deliver the project it's about being able to derive the benefit of the project absolutely. yeah so, so so but you and you absolutely have to address kind of both and i guess that then leads me into thinking about or asking the question of how do you then start to identify and capture risks when you're talking about such a wide range of potential situations and, and considerations you have to bring into play including the strategic versus the operational and technical Okay. Yeah, it's almost, I suppose it's back to kind of where do you start type question because you could bring a whole load of stuff in and just get overwhelmed, right? Yeah. Well, and I think, I suppose part of it is having a mechanism to catch those risks as as they come up. Um, you know, with the raid, the raid log as an example of that, as one way of doing it. Um, and having that, that moment where you're in a meeting and you're like, oh God, that's a risk. Um, and how, being able to go right, let's let's log that, put that in the risk register. Um, but I think the the broader point you were making there, Rob, was kind of almost those risks then start to become stratified. Um, and actually, there's the where do you talk about them next? So the as you said, the operational risk that that I was describing, we talk about that almost daily within the within the project team. Um, but it's not really discussed at project boards because the project board is is a, is a more strategic um, function and so it's almost then you you start to go right with well, these are the things that we need to talk about at board because we need input from a much higher strategic level um, and kind of buy in to to our, our risk management versus yeah the more operational stuff which which we need to make sure you know, as a project team we're we're addressing um, yeah Azumas. Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually what my train of thought started going in the direction of when you mentioned about sometimes being in a meeting and then taking a pause to log in a raid um, register. I think for us and our benefit, I guess, as Heart Square is sometimes we've worked with organisations way before we've even got to implementation that we've been able to sometimes kind of notice some of these risks. Maybe when we're doing requirements gathering or we're doing a a business case. And so we're able to kind of start to build or have those early conversations about, listen, when we start, we really need to think about X, Y, Z. And so I think there's something about um, us just being able to notice those early things. So it's not just stopping halfway through because sometimes the risks don't just appear. Sometimes we, we've noted those things when we've started our pieces of work. So I think that's a really valuable point about having that risk register. But also, yeah, just knowing that we can also raise them in a verbal way also so that everyone is aware of 
what might be impending or might not be. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually thinking about the um, that sort of leading and going through a, a business case or, or requirements gathering type thing, I suppose one of the things we pick up there is what are those kind of headline issues that the project Absolutely. in and of itself is a- addressing. Um, and I think there's a really interesting link between an, an issue and and a risk and how you know, often you can take an issue and go, OK, well, that's we know that thing isn't happening. Therefore, how does that change the situation and kind of what, what risk might that represent? Um, so, you know, it, it's possible in a business case type scenario to recognise, OK, look, the issue is we've got we, yeah, we've got tons of data and it's really unstructured and you know we really need to deal about that and the the risk is well there's what's it going to take to um yeah the risk is that it could take a lot of resource to resolve that as part of the implementation um and being able to bring bring those risks kind of that balloon out of issues i think is a another way of 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 attacking that that collection of of risks Absolutely. I think it's also, if I can say it, like a benefit because then we're able to project plan differently. If we know some of those issues early on, you know, such as the example that you've given, you'd probably give a far longer window for data migration and you'd start your data work much earlier. So as much as it's a risk um, that could potentially impact the project, it's actually a benefit for us to know those things as early as possible so we can put those mitigations in place. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that's the thing, isn't it, that talking about risks is almost like another lens that we can use when thinking about overall planning of the project. Um, and right at the beginning, it's a really useful way of, as you say, helping us create that work breakdown structure and think about um, the, the, those things that might not be immediately apparent. Uh, you know, okay, we're implementing a new CRM system, so there's certain things we need to, to do, but our understanding of risk influences things that we might throw into that planning bucket, if you like, to begin with. Absolutely. And I think it's also about people understanding and the listeners understanding that when we're talking about some of these risks, it it can include things such as resource of people because you have a massive annual conference that takes two weeks in a year and it's going to impact your dates. Um, It's not always something as big as this particular piece of technology is not going to work and now we have to do all this other kind of work to mitigate that problem. Sometimes it can seem quite small things that actually will have a massive impact in the project. So just having that visibility of all those things, especially early on, as you've mentioned, Jason, is really helpful. And do you think that it's kind of, um, it's also another way of talking about things in the project in in a different way, in a a way that might resonate with people differently? Um, I'm just thinking about the, the technical example I gave um to do with the data synchronization problem uh, you know i i have bored people stiff with that problem but actually um being able to express it as a risk and be able to zero it zero it in on like this is why we should care about it because it could do this um it allows me to talk to people different people at different levels about it so that's kind of how we would express it at the board um it, you know it's a project risk and this is why we need to worry about it but this is what we're doing so this is why we can all still sleep at night um so Definitely yeah the sleep part <laughs> which is helpful <laughs> isn't it <laughs> it is helpful but I also think it's it is that thing of you being able to drum it in means the worry and that kind of abstract fear that you were talking about that anxiety that people couldn't pin down can be really um distilled and made very clear and then you know exactly what 
the issues could be for every party involved. And I think that's really important because a lot of the time I think people are quite risk averse because they are anxious about what that means without really, you know, just really looking at exactly what that problem is and really honing Mm. in on what that is. And you might have to pull me back because I am a bit of a process nerd and this is sort of starting to make me think about that process of when we're capturing risk and and it comes down to kind of quantifying it and again kind of being able to talk about it and going okay this is this is your problem what what we've given it a problem statement what what I'm a real fan of and and this is my process nerdery coming out is being able to actually start quantifying that and saying well okay on a scale of one to five what's the what's the probability that's going to happen um on a on a scale of one to five how big a deal is that um, and then 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 multiply the two together to kind of create that risk factor, um, and that gives you another another option. Again, I talked earlier about kind of stratifying the risk register. You can then sort it, you know, and and start going right. Here here are our headline risks um, that you know really really have to be put. We need to resource the the, the fix of those. Um, and I, I find I find that really useful. Sometimes it's not for everyone because it's it's a bit too kind of um analytical mathematical and it's sometimes difficult to get people to agree on that number but even just kind of pinpointing it going I think it's about there it changes the conversation I think so and I think there's something about uh being able to really clearly demonstrate the impact because I could come with a problem for example and say this impacts us you know all of our members and then we look through it and actually it's like less than one percent when you look at the numbers overall and actually that doesn't mean that the risk isn't important but it might mean that something that impacts over 75 percent of the membership count is actually going to need to take priority and I think sometimes that kind of abstract talk about we've got a problem rather than let's really quantify and really distill down as much as it might not seem like it's for everyone it is really useful to just kind Mm -hmm. of calm nerves and be able to kind of keep a level head about how we work through the risks that we have. Totally and that's like another level of conversation about it isn't it where you go I did this recently. I, I said, I think I think of this is probability of three, thinking that's kind of, you know, middle of the road. Someone was like, oh, my God, probability of three. Like, that's really bad. And, and we, you know, yes, there was a disagreement, but um, uh, actually it allowed us to go, right, why do I feel like that? Why do you feel like that? Oh, OK, right. I get it now. Yeah, no, fine. And then you sort of come to that um, that agreement about how how are we going to quantify that risk and and how therefore how seriously are we going to are we going to take it? And Rob, I think you wanted to come in. Yeah, I was just going to say I think that's a, a those points are really important about the that piece around kind of scoring and basing on impact and probability to understand you know it, everyone's time poor right that's that's one of the first things that we learn about the, the work that we do. Um, you will have at any given time in a project, you'll have a number of risks that could occur, situations that could occur coming out of issues or otherwise, whatever it may be. And you want, you know, when you're trying to manage those, you want to focus on the ones that are most likely to happen and and likely to have the biggest impact. So if you think about how you're managing, you both referred to raid logs, et cetera, that you use to do that within a project, the key then, you've got your problem statement, you've got your impact score, you've got your probability and an assessment, what the client wants to see is okay what's the mitigation yeah and that's what your project team and your project board is actually going to focus on is okay so how do we either what do we do either minimize the chances of it happen or minimize the impact of it happening yeah i think that's 
when we're talking about how you monitor and manage, I think it's really important and you've honed in on those really key key aspects of it. Like you say, the, the impact and prob uh, probability. Yeah, no question. No question. And I guess that leads into then, uh, yeah, a piece around, okay, so when do we then talk about these things? And, and I know, Jason, you've kind of touched on it, you know, with your operational risk that you're talking about. It's a daily conversation, daily conversation at project team level. I think that's probably fair to say. Yes. Um, but you know, we, again, we've all got the uh, we've all got enough badges behind us to say that clients don't always like to, or certain certain stakeholders don't like talking about risk because it's perceived as being a negative thing, and it's like, oh no, don't scare, you know, don't 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 worry about that. Let's try and hide from it. But actually, it's really important to talk about risk, isn't it? And and so yeah, the question coming through then is around kind of the a how do you help the client appreciate the importance of doing so, and b where where and when do you talk about those things. I think um, it kind of comes back to that. Talking about things as risks gives us a new lens to look at the project through. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I agree with you. It could be seen as being a, a negative or oh, gosh, that's you know, belly aching about what could go wrong. But I think it gives us an opportunity to kind of touch back in on why are we doing the project and and um, kind of re-evaluating or just grounding ourselves in okay let's remember we're doing this these are these big risks but we're taking those risks because this is the the kind of main benefit that we're going to get out of resolving those and, and managing those and, and making the change we're we're attempting to make um, so that yeah, that's partly I think the motivation for for having those conversations um uh, you know and, and i think making it a standing part of board meetings is is really helpful um obviously it's it's just, it's then making sure we're talking about the right risks at the right level but having that cadence of regularly sitting down and reviewing okay what's we, we all know what the risks are let's just remind ourselves uh, as part of that re-grounding re in why are we all here and tracking where we're going and you know it, it it's not a negative thing if actually we say well look this risk is still under control we're um the things we said we were going to do to mitigate it we've now done the probability's falling um you know we might not have we, we might not have made it less of a big deal if it goes wrong but actually we've got it under control um and you know we should feel comfortable because we're further down the line um continuing on that on that basis um i don't know about you yeah, I agree. I think um, Robbie talks about like when is the right time for us to start talking about risk. And I think for me, it's as early as possible, <laughs> as early as possible. And as Jason said, you know, talking about the right risks with the right people. But I think there is something really fundamental about transparency in a project that really contributes to its success. And I think if we're not transparent about risks, when and if those risks do happen, then we can we can really lose a lot of the kind of engaged audience that we need for the project success because there's this level of you know you haven't been honest or upfront about this and I think you're unable to demonstrate then that you actually did one acknowledge that these were potential risks but two had some mitigation or management in place to be able to make sure they didn't completely undermine the project and so as um, as early as possible and with as much transparency as possible based on what level the, pe um, the people you're talking about or the stakeholders you're talking about are at, I think it's really important to start those conversations as soon as you start. <laughs> and it's useful just because, you know, you may have other people, you may have, you know, subject matter experts that 
could raise a risk that maybe we've oversight we've had an oversight about and um, they're closer to the ground there may be something to do with uh you know your target audience the end kind of users that they may raise in a way that people who are part of board or part of governance or part of project team may just not be aware of and i think being transparent allows them to also be part of that conversation yeah i think that's a really good point and i think also and for you guys navigating clients through that situation so that through the the difference between what's a kind of an opera again a project team risk and project board is really important because you don't want to overwhelm project board members yeah. necessarily you know they're, they're an escalation point for you support for you i do remember one of the last projects i worked on directly actually where the project board was actually headed up by the um the director general of the of the organization as we were working for and their focus at project board, they had a really empowered project team, which is super important to be able to do this. But what they said about project board and reporting of risk was that you know, there was um, the DG and a couple of board members, and they said, just bring, just highlight the risks that you need us to do something about. Yeah, the ones that we can affect that are current, pertinent, and that we can have an impact on. And that was, I thought, was a really neat way actually of of saying that's that's how to focus a project board. As long as you've got that empowered project team, which I think you guys are used to running, but um, but yeah, that was quite a, quite a good learning for me, I think. Mm. I think the other thing that um, that I've I suppose the, almost the complete opposite of this is when you're not talking about risk enough. Um, and uh, I, I've I've certainly joined a project that's that's in process, um, and and it's the it's the kind of stumbling upon the dusty raid log uh, as I described it. Um, where you sort of fi find this document and it's it's been unloved, it's not been updated in in some time, um, and I think that's that for me was again that kind of okay, well, wh where where why have we got to this point that there's some good stuff in here that may or may not have happened, um, and again it's that what, what do we do about it? And again in in that particular instance the raid log became part of our uh, you know a first class part of our weekly project review meeting it, it was th that project review meeting was driven from the raid log so it meant that that stuff was front and center kind of ev every week and again it, to your point rob it's then we knew which ones were the subset which would bubble up to board and which ones were the ones that we were managing locally at, at project level yeah that's yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting to kind of hear your all your experiences across your projects and beyond kind of in risks in general and, you know, um, the different types, not just the projects kind of beyond that as well. It's been really good to kind of hear all your experience on that. Um, I'm just conscious of time because I feel like we could talk about this for quite a while. But um, if I could just ask you both one final question, if you had um, a key takeaway that you would like our audiences um, to take away, I guess, from this podcast today on project risk what would that be it could be a bit of advice or a little reminder um anything really um if you could could share that with us i don't, I don't want to pick on anyone in particular go on, I'll but, go first. <laughs> yeah, go on. um i would say that um sort of takeaway action if you like would be um find find your raid log or wherever it is your your you've got all your risks and just go through them and and ask the question does does have we got a really clear statement of what this risk describes both at that kind of title level so you can quickly jump in but also the depth underneath that um i think it's really easy 
to not to kind of vaguely write what you sort of feel about a risk and not not give it that proper shape and purpose and i think that that would be my my takeaway is you you kind of need that real clarity over risks to to have the quality conversation about it moving forwards azuma Oh, okay. So I think, tough act to follow, Jason. I think my one is probably going to be a bit more emotive. (laughs) And that's really about understanding that discussing project risk is not a sign of project failure. But actually, it's a really important and vital part that really demonstrates the strength of a project. Um, In the same way that we talk about a relationship, a strong relationship is one where you can have those difficult conversations, those uncomfortable conversations and move through them. I think in phrasing risk in that way will just help a lot of our listeners understand that it's a really vital important part and it it doesn't demonstrate that you failed or that the project is failing it's actually a sign of your strength that you've got these things under control you're aware of them and that you put some mitigations in place in case in case they come up mm, like project maturity then isn't it oh, project maturity that's a good phrase that's great thanks so much there's really really great points to end on um i think and really great takeaways for our listeners today so yeah that just leaves me to say uh yeah thank you both for sharing um all your insights and expertise on this today it's been really great um to chat to you both on this topic so yeah thank you again for your time thanks for having us ellie thanks ellie thank you So we really hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Azuma and Jason. Um, I think it was really great to hear from their experience of projects and project risks in particular. Um, And it was really great to hear the different variety of examples that they had come up against. So Jason was talking through more of more of those technical risks, whereas Azuma was talking more of those people sort of change management risks, which I found really interesting. Um, Was there anything in particular you picked up, Rob? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, that like I said, it's a good point you make about the the different examples they gave there across technical versus people. I think in the same way, actually, there were different examples about some that were operational and some that were more strategic. So again, looking at risk from a different angle. Uh, and then, yeah, just coming back to that really key point about, you know, risks, it's, it's good to talk about risk and it's important to, to have it in the right forum yeah, because it's all about reducing, aiming to reduce and minimise either the probability or the impact or both of any potential risk. Um, but yeah, it, it was, yeah, really good insights from both of them. Yeah, definitely. So um, that brings us to the end of today's episode. So if you did enjoy it, um, leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe to hear more of our latest episodes. Don't forget, you can also follow us on a variety of social channels, including LinkedIn and Twitter by searching Heart Square, where you'll find loads more content on leadership, digital culture, capability and more. So we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.